Time to play with pain. Hosted by Emmy-winning comedian and writer Jeff Cesario. Interviewing guests from comedy, entertainment, and sports. Plus, legendary sportscaster Chet Waterhouse. Don't worry, this shouldn't take longer than your average trip to Costco. And now, here's your host, Jeff Cesario. Man, oh man, oh man, what a fun podcast this is going to be. On the heels of the most compelling week of NFL playoff games I think I've ever seen. And I use the word compelling because uh, both my producer, Gary Smith, a Chargers fan, and my wonderful guest, uh, Guillotine Fantasy League founder and all-around great guy, Paul Charchian, a Vikings fan, uh, I felt best week of NFL playoff games might not be the appropriate adjective. (laughs) So I chose compelling, an umbrella that can embrace even those of us who are hurting, which I believe are all of us. Paul, how are you today? Well, I've been better. I mean, my Vikings just <laughs> lost his home favorites in the playoffs, and that means I'm going to go yet another year of my existence without a, without a Vikings championship. Just been waiting my entire adult life, Jeff. This is uh, – we're going to get to all this in a second, but this has got to be uh, – well, you must be used to it to some extent because the giant – a floor vase behind you with the dried pussy willows in it is not broken. That's not broken. That's a great sign. You're, you're progressing emotionally. Right. Uh, you know, I, I didn't run myself into it. I didn't throw it at the TV. You know, we've become a little bit numb to it here in Minnesota. So get this. Yeah. Our four major sports, Jeff. Twins, Wild, Vikings, and Timberwolves have now gone a combined 117 seasons without a championship. Wow. That is almost as old as I am. Let's, uh, (laughs) do you happen to have an update for us? Do I have an update? Do Chargers fans have their own suicide hotline? Of course I have an update. (laughs) Time for the Waterhouse update sponsored by Masculinin. Sheets that can handle what a man brings to bed. NFL playoffs. Buffalo bumbles past Miami like your drunk teenager trying to tiptoe in the sliding porch door at 2 a.m. Chargers blow a 27-point lead. Even David Blaine said, I got no idea how they did that. (laughs) Bengals win on a 98-yard fumble returned by 270-pound lineman Sam Hubbard. Thursday morning, he'll have replenished enough oxygen to answer any questions. Vikings are the Lana Del Rey of the NFL. They sound good on the radio, but the live show leaves something to be desired. (laughs) Meanwhile, the Packers have a great recipe for walleye cheese fondue. Well, that's nice what they're doing in the offseason. That wrap-up sponsored by Therapist, the angry anger therapy NBA Golden State slumping worse than Morrissey after a bad show LeBron joins Kareem at the 38,000 point level he leads Kareem in network development deals 7 to 2 and the Grizzlies Ja Morant threw down a dunk with more authority than the IRS that item sponsored by Oscar Slap just a plumber in Cleveland whose name is now ruined for Oscar Slap. <laughs> NHL, Winnipeg's Blake Wheeler suffered a ruptured 
fantastical. But guys, after a couple of passes with the Zamboni, he's good to go. And finally, this week in sports history, the year 1981, the place Detroit, Michigan. Heavyweight champ Leon Spinks was mugged coming out of a bar. The thugs took his clothes, his cash, his gold teeth, and even his cut man. Oh, that hurts. <laughs> Slaughterhouse Update sponsored by Mulch Appreciated, the grateful landscapers. Now back to Jeff and the future of fantasy football. All charging. And of course, my producer, Gary Smith. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, let's dive right in here. You're both miserable. Chargers yes. lose in in classic Charger fashion, and Twins lose in kind of classic Twins fashion. Vikings. Uh, the Chargers blow a huge lead, uh, and when they settled for the field goal to make a 27 nothing, I knew, Gary, that in the back of your head you were thinking, that's not enough. And, 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 and then when the Vikings were driving for a potential tying score or whatever the hell it was, I, I, I knew something like that. Who, who throws a three yard pass on fourth and eight? <laughs> I, well, the Vikings that also was, yes. yeah, that was typical yes. Vikings. Well, so do you guys sense this stuff coming as fans? And I've been through this 30 years. Uh, suffering through some horrible Wisconsin football from the mid sixties to the mid nineties. Uh, so I, so I know some of the answers from a personal standpoint, but I got to get them from, from you guys. Paul, how do you handle, uh, this Viking stuff? Do you see it coming? Every single year we see it coming, Jeff. It never gets better. Every every preseason, you know, the whole we spent the offseason getting new hope and drafting new guys and bringing in new coach. And we're like, oh, here we go again. I'm going to stick my dick in the blender one more time. Wow. And <laughs> you know what? It always works out the same way. A bloody mess by the end. If we're hurt, we're defeated. We're miserable. And now yeah. I got to lick my wounds for another six months. And all we can do as Viking fans is go. Thank God I don't live in Green Bay. Uh, you think, but at least they got a they got a ring. They do, and they've got a Hardee's now. So that's very They exciting. have a Hardee's in Green Bay yeah, finally. Yeah. yeah, they've got a Hardee's now. That took a long time. New. Gary, what's the difference? It's it sounds like Paul as as our uh, our preeminent uh, Vikings expert on on play with pain has has an approach that's that's you that you sense the dread coming. It's almost Kafka esque. There's a resignation to it. With the Chargers, what's what's your feeling when 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 something unfolds? Even as brilliant as a twenty seven nothing lead. I'm I'm still processing the the most recent game and I'm I'm having a very hard time with it. I've only only <laughs> that only could last be the difference night. incidentally between the the Midwest and the West Coast. Correct. It, it takes us much longer to process. <laughs> uh, it was only last night that my father, who is the reason I'm I suffer from this affliction, uh finally contacted me to make light of what had happened. It took a full twenty four hours for him. And wow. I I'm I'm still not quite there. So I guess I what I have to do is I have to harken back to the one Chargers game that I saw in person this season. We have friends of the show who work for the Kansas City Chiefs. So when the Kansas City Chiefs came to SoFi, they said, 
hit us up. We'll get you some seats. We were in the Kansas City friends and family section. It was fantastic. I, I took my my friend and producer, Chris Loxamana, who you know, and he ended up at the last minute, a bunch of other people bailed, and he brought four of his friends. And it was revealed as we were walking in that I was the only person in the group who had seen an NFL game in person before. <laughs> and we're sitting there, we're watching the game, and I don't know if anyone remembers this game. It was probably week 12 or 13. It got down to about two minutes, and the Chargers had the ball to go and drive to try to take the lead. And we were losing. And I said, let's, let's go. And these four or five guys all looked at me and said, what are you talking about? Like, this is this is what you come to the game for. I said, I've seen this movie before. Let's go. And sure enough, they threw an interception and the Chargers lost in spectacular fashion. I, it's just the patented come from ahead loss is just hard for me to yeah. ever accept. I, I just I've seen it so many times that I know it's happening. But I, I spent all of Saturday night walking around my house, shaking my head to the point that my wife was, what is wrong with you? Like, what's going on? I, you, you won't understand. I can't even explain it. Yeah. You've got to wallow in, in uh, Misery Lake for much longer. Uh, I think ways to deal with the frustration. I was going to ask this question, and then I saw a tweet from Paul Charchian, our fabulous guest, uh, who's, uh, founded, uh, uh, guillotine fantasy football, a ton of stuff, which we're going to talk about. But, uh, you tweeted, this can't be more than 12 hours after the game. Here's your tweet. I'm going to read it. Vikings offseason priorities, defensive players, coaching, <laughs> scheme, players, reverse a draft evaluation process that yielded awful results last year. Number three, figure out which veterans need to be released in order to stop JJ and Garrett Bradbury. End of tweet. And so it's like you process so I don't know if it's a Lutheran thing or a Scandinavian thing. You just dusted off, got over it and said, all right, if we're going to if we're going to try to change this next year, here's what's happening. Gary is still casting backwards, as we say, onto the shoreline to a a game from week 12, still trying to process that. The realization Uh, that I had at the time, the realization that I had is that I cannot do this to my son. I will be raising my son as a Green Bay Packers fan. There are other members of his family who are big Green Bay Packers fans, so there's precedent. I cannot do this. My father did this to me. I don't blame him. This is my lot in life. That's fine. It would be irresponsible, and it would be borderline abusive to do this to my son. So That existential crisis sponsored by Cornhell, the only cornhole game with a 20-foot drop into a fire pit. Go ahead, guys. <laughs> so, Gary, when you when when the Chargers move, this is your chance. You're an emotional free agent when they move. This is your chance to become a fan of any team you want. Go to the highest bidder. Pick a winning franchise. Go decide you want to be part of Chiefs Nation with Patrick Mahomes and another decade of quarterbacking greatness. But no, you decided to double down on the Chargers even after they moved. The problem, Paul, is that they moved to where I live. I was a remote San Diego (laughs) fan, and then they moved to my hometown. It would be... It would be mind-boggling to then abandon them because they've gotten closer. So, uh, yeah. Oh, because yeah, so many people in, in L.A. are only fans of L.A. teams. There, There's nobody <laughs> in L.A. That's, that's fans of another team outside of L.A. That's very, In that's defensive, fair. Gary, who actually, you know, this is important because he controls my mic. Um, <laughs> <laughs> even when L.A. didn't have a football team, which was two decades plus, Without an NFL team, 
really did not phase the rooting public, partially because of what you're suggesting, Paul, which is there are so many people here from other places in the country who continue to root for their team, but also because L.A. fans consider San Diego just kind of the furthest suburb. So (laughs) we started to kind of root for the Chargers when we didn't have an NFL team, and it felt about right, 150 miles away is a good distance for any relationship with a person living in LA. Uh, that's that is that's emotional safety from your team. I love it. 150 mile radius. So do you feel you're stuck with the Vikings because you've been rooting for them your whole life? Would you make an emotional break or I suppose it would be an intellectual break cuz maybe emotionally you couldn't uh or do you stick with them? Is this it? I'm in now. I mean yeah. Can I get out now? I've been again waiting my my entire adult life to go to the Super Bowl. The only NFC teams that have not gone to the Super Bowl since 1990 are the Vikings and the Lions. Am I gonna? Is, am I gonna give it up now? I can't. I can't give it up now. It's you're like I, the I'm, oldest yeah. guy who got made in the mob. You're like 73. <laughs> I finally got made. Do I get out now? Uh, ah, forget it. I'm, I'm in too much I work. Die. Oh God, no. <laughs> got it. So I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with it, Jeff. I'm gonna I'm gonna find my. I'm gonna be there when it finally happens and it all comes together. I don't know when that's gonna be. Not probably not during my lifetime. Especially not if I keep shoveling like this because now at, at my age, because I'm in my 50s now, Jeff. Every time I go out and shovel, like oh, I got all my neighbors are coming up doing wellness checks on me. Is this going to be the big one right here? <laughs> well, well. Plus, it you don't want to go shovel snow post Vikings loss because that's just an active suicide at that point. <laughs> that's just that aggressive. My dad used to do that after the Packers lost to get that thing. <laughs> Work out your aggression through the snow. That's right. Like the <laughs> whole length of the double driveway. That's brutal. That is brutal. And you know what? I don't, I don't, I, I, I do not want to be, you know, look, when DeMar Hamlin went down, he had a whole staff of a medical team, everybody else. You know, when yeah. I go down there, nobody's going to be doing no. CPR for me. You know, in fact, your wife, your wife may even peek out the curtains and go, hey, he's just laying down for a nap. Yeah, He'll yeah. be fine. He'll be fine. It's just lunch. So, so what do you do to walk it off? What's your first reaction? Even though you know it's coming, you sense it's coming, and you know eventually there is a way to deal with it emotionally for both of you guys. What's the first thing you do, Paul, after the Vikings throw a fourth and eight pass three yards? And there were, the yeah, there were tears. Uh, there was, uh, there was, a, there was, a, there was a, there was a moment of you've got to be kidding me. Uh, how can we do this? And the sad thing, you know, Kirk actually played a great game. Vikings, Vikings, there were two records set in this game, by the way, all-time NFL records. <laughs> Number one was first team to complete 80% of its passes, which Kirk did, absorb no sacks, that was Kirk, right. and have no turnovers and lose. That was, so you get, only the Vikings. I saw that step. Like first that. time in uh, 47. Yeah, Super Bowl era. Super Bowl era. And also the first time, History of NFL, hundred years of NFL. That they a playoff quarterback had. They've allowed a playoff quarterback to throw for three hundred yards, two touchdowns, and run for seventy yards. That's 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 what my favorite team managed to do in one game, both ends of that spectrum. And by the way, it's all Kirk's fault. That's how it works around here. The quarterback takes all the heat, even though he absorbed no sacks and threw the touchdowns and completed eighty percent of his passes. Doesn't matter. Not in this town. 
Uh, Gary, when it's 27 nothing, and they go down and score to make it 27-7. Right before half, yeah. What, yeah, what's your thought? I, I mean, are you actually thinking This is the it's start. Over? Yeah, this this is this is the start is basically the thought. And, you know, I just I I had I had sent my my wife and child away. I was sitting there with my dog watching it alone and I just watched it crumble. And they came home with about four minutes left on the clock and we cohabitated for those four minutes. And shortly after the game was over, my wife looked at me very seriously and said, you need to leave this room. Your son cannot be around you right now. And she was right. She was right. Yeah. I, I was just, yeah. I, I was just, there was just so much head shaking. It was like, I was, I'm sure I gave myself a concussion because I was shaking my head for about an hour and a half. <laughs> just, <laughs> just despondent. I, <sighs> yeah, there's memories of dad that you don't want your kid to have. And that's right. probably one of them. <laughs> that's probably up there. <laughs> you don't want the kid to flash on that in neon at age 22 and go, oh, I'm, I'm fucked up because of that. Yeah. You don't want that. <laughs> your daddy issues should not extend one step beyond that to your dad's favorite football team. Correct. Yeah, right. right. Hopefully. All right. So how do you fix this at these franchises? Because it can be fixed. It can be turned around. And quite frankly, the Giants are a great example of how that can happen. Uh, a lot of these franchises have flipped the script. Mm-hmm. Paul, we'll start with you. I know you got a, uh, I'm guessing, a still somewhat rage-fueled tweet out, but very specific about how to start this process. What's yeah. the ultimate? What's the ultimate way to get the Vikings over this weird speed bump right 10 feet from the top of Everest? Well, it's it's yeah. like there's a banana peel. And they slip every fucking time. <laughs> they do, don't they? So um, how do you how yeah. do you get them over that? Um, Banana peel, by the way, conveniently situated at the NFC Championship game, which my team has lost six straight times. I mean, think about that for your fan base. You're one game away from the Super Bowl, six straight times, and you lose them all, and ignominiously in almost every one of those cases. For the Vikings, they've got a good quarterback. They've got the best wide receiver in the game, and Justin Jefferson. They've got that part of it's not broken. Your defense is terrible. They ranked 30th in points allowed per game. They ranked 31st in passing yards allowed, 21st in rushing yards allowed, 28th in time of possession. The defense has got to get better. They haven't fired their defensive coordinator yet, but this whole fan base is demanding the head of Ed Donatel. Don't feel like you have to know him, but you do, Jeff, because he was with the Packers for so long. Right. He was with the Packers when he was a little younger and not taking naps in the middle of the game. (laughs) See, we got him younger. And here also is a difference between the futility of the Vikings and the futility of the Chargers. Paul, you are uber prepared. You have another screen with statistics on it and a third screen over here checking your side shot. You're ready to explain a lot about the Vikings. And and Gary is just depressed. <laughs> Accurate. <laughs> so, I gotta, I, see, I rationalize our failure numerically and statistically. That makes right. me feel better knowing yeah, the so reasons way, yeah. for our loss. 
<laughs> in a way, you haven't really even tapped into the emotional depth of rage that you have. You're in oh, God, typical no. upper Midwest fashion. Oh, yeah. Oh, God, no. No way. No, that's no, going no, right no. under we the rug. We, do, we don't do that here. <laughs> <laughs> now, Gary, uh, you mentioned this the other day, and I think it bears uh, repeating here on the podcast itself. The bottom line for the Chargers may be the ownership. Is that your theory? I mean, I I must I have to go to the 30,000 foot view. And that's the only thing I think that could give a chance of changing it. As long as the Spanos family is involved, I, I just I don't see it. I mean, they keep hiring teenagers to coach the team. The, the, <laughs> the players are good. It's that's I don't think that's a problem. Right. You know, Austin Eckler, I think, had the most touchdowns in the league this year. Justin Herbert yeah. playing lights out. I mean, I, I at this point now my fear becomes. Are we going to alienate Justin Herbert? Are we going to start getting to a point where talent won't come to us? And I, I think that's a very re- real fear. I mean, we have this beautiful new stadium, but you can go play for another team and play at that stadium if you want. Right. <laughs> yeah. You, you, you fired your uh, offensive coordinator. So apparently you're keeping your head coach. Yeah. And, that's... you know, in all probability, yeah. you don't do that unless your franchise quarterback is cool with that. So that may have been True. something that you concede to your franchise quarterback. Say, we're going to find better coaching for you, which I think there is a coaching problem. I think they did the right thing. Well, they probably should have gotten rid of both coaches, but had to make a change, right? The, so much talent on that offense and so many games that just the offense just didn't come together. Yeah, it sputtered it's, away. Yeah, it's uh it's painful to watch, but you know, I, I suppose is. I suppose if if that theory is correct and and they are trying to keep Justin Herbert happy, then I'm fine with that because I do think that losing him would be very tough for the franchise to recover from, I, or the fan base at yeah. the very least. Well, here's another difference I think between the two franchises of futility uh, <laughs> is the Vikings are the only game in town from an NFL standpoint, at least, and probably the biggest game in town, even with the T-Wolves and the Wild in a in an absolutely hockey-mad state, um, you know, and the Twins, for that matter. Out of all the four major franchises, the Vikings are still going to get the most eyeballs and probably the most loyalty and probably, uh, you know, the most uh, visualization around the oh, Twin Cities sure. and around the state. Uh, the Chargers have moved, and this this taps into your ownership issue, Gary, and, and you may be right here. They just, for economic reasons, not all of them the brightest, moved to Los <laughs> Angeles, where they're clearly going to be second fiddle to the Rams, Oh, I would Until argue they that they're win a Super Bowl. I would argue they're second fiddle to the Rams, the Trojans, and the Bruins when it comes to football. So they're actually they're actually uh, in the in the viola section at this point. Yeah, they're out of the violin fiddle section, and they're back and they're like with the cellos at this point. They're behind so far. <laughs> well, certainly. I mean, look. I mean, there's an argument to be made, but for the Bruins, you know, whether or not the Chargers rank above them. But certainly this year, the char- the Trojans had more football yeah. success than the Chargers did. So it's yeah, you know he- you know it's it's just how 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 are you going to live in a city where you're the fifth most popular quarterback? But you start for an NFL team, uh, yeah. And, which, and whichever team has flown in for their SoFi away game is also more popular, exactly. than than the Chargers starting quarterback. Oh, that week. oh, try to go to a Steelers Chargers game. It's embarrassing as a Chargers fan. Yeah, it's embarrassing. Yeah, yeah, Paul. To your point, that you are correct. There are 
hardcore bases in Los Angeles for I would say what, what do you think Gary maybe 10 franchises there there are At least. probably a dozen packer bars in the Southland County Orange County uh clearly the Raiders are still massively popular in Southern California the Steelers have have a big fan base here uh I think both your New York teams yep. have a huge fan uh, uh, the Bears have a huge fan base here, so it goes on and on, and they show up for the games, and it's a little embarrassing to see yeah. that stadium that manner. Yeah, when when the Rams played the Chargers, uh, like week sixteen of the season, I, near the it was near the end, and I'm thinking to myself, usually the stadium's filled with the away teams fans. So what happens when two apathetic fan bases are both on the home side? <laughs> Does anybody show up? Is it an empty stadium? Does it form its own black hole and suck the life out of Southern California <laughs> out of the into universe. it? Yeah. Yes. What happened? Maybe that caused all the storms. It, <laughs> it was an atmospheric void that yeah, had to be filled. By the way, you freaking whiners. Love of God. It's not raining enough. It's not raining enough. We don't have any water. Oh, it's raining too much. It's raining too much. It's raining too much. Oh, my well, God. Well, yeah, that's easily said by a guy who lives in one of the flattest states <laughs> in the country and has never had to deal with, hey, what's coming down the mountain? Oh, that's a giant boulder. Hang on. <laughs> so be careful. There. All right. I think we've solved it. Uh, Gary and, the, and all Chargers fans need mandatory probably two hours a week of mindfulness and Paul Charchin and all Vikings fans need some sort of QuickBooks spreadsheet where they can analyze the entire roster and coaching staff, <laughs> make the correct analytic decisions based yes. on analytics and move forward. We've got that. So uh, let's go to the playoffs predictions for what we're staring at now. Who's going to get uh, to the Super Bowl? I'll start so you guys can mull and ponder. Uh, I, I think the 49ers will beat the Giants, but I think it's going to be a whale of a game. And uh, and I, I think they're going to make it. I think they'll beat whoever come whoever marches up next. And I think they're going to win the Super Bowl against 49ers. I'm going to guess. Yeah, against I'm going to guess Kansas City. Um, I, there's but you how can you deny Cincinnati? But whoever makes it. Out of the AF, AFC, I think the 49ers have a little too much. And I think because they have a quarterback-friendly system and not a quarterback-reliant system, uh, a dude like like Brock Purdy can walk mm-hmm. in who's got great feet, who's got great enthusiasm as a kid, and puts the ball on a dime because largely he's not throwing anything over 25 yards, okay. if that. Or five, uh, yes. Right. <laughs> I, I think – I th- I think they're in. 49ers. That's my prediction. Whole thing prediction. I've got, uh, by the way, all four of the games this weekend are going to be blowouts for the home team. You think so? All of them. Chiefs are going to roll the Jaguars. Jaguars, obviously, you know, they could they have beaten anybody other than the Chargers? Probably not. So <laughs> if they don't belong here. Chiefs are going to kill them. Eagles take the Giants. Vikings are the worst defense in football. They got a primrose first meeting. Now the reality of a real football team hits. Eagles just beat this team like four weeks ago. They're going to beat them again. Bengals, offensive line, currently starting uh, Ron Yeri and Curly Neal. Um, And it's good. Yeah, that's a, it's, 
It, it's surprisingly <laughs> not good. even Curly Lambo. Curly not, Curly Neal not have been better from yes. the Globetrotters. Wow, yes, I know that's impressive. That's a uh, thin line. It is that a is a line. very thin offensive. I'm not line. sure. I'm not sure he's alive. The uh, the Bengals <laughs> are going to get thinner. worked in Buffalo, and then the 49ers, as you mentioned, the Cowboys uh, yeah, got it again. Rolling. They got a they got a, the easiest possible matchup. They got an under 500 team. To face in the first round. Now they got to be go beat a team that's won what twelve in a row. Not happening. Yeah, they're all going to be landslide victories this week. And who goes from there? I've got Philadelphia because I don't think I don't think Brock Purdy can go into Philadelphia, absorb the battery of batteries pelting off the helmet, off of the chin, the face. That's I think yeah. he's if there's going to be a meltdown spot for Mister Irrelevant, it's going to be in Philadelphia. And I don't the, the think one, the 49ers can get through that. The one thing he has going for him is he's very tiny. He's a much harder target. And, uh, you know, about yeah, yeah. Seven, those Eagles fans seven, are all drunk. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm not sure they're yeah. actually going to be able to hit him. It'll just seem like hail at some point. Gary, <laughs> your picks. Uh, well, I, I do think the Jacksonville could only beat the Chargers. So I see Casey going, getting through there for sure. Um, I, I do think the Giants probably fall to the Eagles. Uh, I, Bills, Bengals is probably the hardest one to pick for me. I agree that the 49ers are going to trounce the Cowboys. Uh, I, I personally probably think that KC gets through it. I just think they have enough championship experience on that team and enough, you know, just resolve that I, I think they'll probably get through, assuming no, you know, crazy injuries or anything like that. But uh, I, I doubt I'll be watching. I'm not sure I can stomach any more football this year. <laughs> <laughs> see that's a beauty for you gary you just turn off i have an occupational necessity so do i watching and the I, teams I, so do i and beat, i still i still think i'm team. done yeah but paul you gotta understand out here everything is cinematic so he mm-hmm. has to have the tragic walk into the sunset uh in defeat uh, and that's a long shot that's a scorsese yeah snap helicopter zoom. shot right there yeah crane shot Exactly. He's got to let it happen. Yeah. Uh, so uh, you mentioned, Paul, uh, a killer fantasy site, uh, uh, guillotinelink.com, that the that the the fantasy season is essentially over. Is yes. there anything left? There uh, is. There is one thing left. It's and you and I talked about this last time you were kind enough to have me on the show. It's time for the fantasy loser penalties. To come around. Oh, this is right. for in many these. leagues, the loser of the league, the league's worst team has to endure some kind of shaming penalty <laughs> of some sort. And this is now time to pay up. So we're seeing some of the shaming happen right now. I'll, I'll remind you, Jeff, my favorite, and I think arguably the cruelest of the various shaming fantasy loser penalties is to have to attend an open mic night and cold read jokes scripted to you by the rest of the league. Oh, wow. Oh, yes. that's brilliant. That's tough. That Think about what the rest of the league is going to do to you in that moment. So can I, yeah, can I share the can best write, one I've ever heard? You know, yeah, someone I know, yes. and I will reveal that it is producer Chris Loxamana, who, you know, uh, Jeff Cesario from the, uh, Adam Carolla show. He lost one year and his punishment was to have 
Uh, you know when you're in Vegas and somebody hands out a card that's for an escort yes. or something? So he had to make those with a photo that had <laughs> himself photoshopped on it, and he had to hand out a hundred, and it wasn't <laughs> they had to take it. So if somebody took it and dropped it on the ground within view, he had to go pick it up, and he had to come back, and he had to sit there and hand them out. I, it's out of love for Chris. I'm not going to show it. I have one of them here in my office, and I just when I leaned away just a moment ago, I was pulling it off, and then I decided no, that's probably not nice to show because it's graphic but it uh yeah it, it took him like over an hour and all of his friends stood there watching it was fantastic oh that's brilliant wow i got that. i'm gonna remember i'm gonna put that into the catalog of great uh of great fantasy football loser penalties the other one that i know of i know a league in washington dc where the winner gets to send the loser to the place of their choice on super bowl day so you have to spend your super bowl wherever oh. Wherever the winner wants to send you. One year, it was the northernmost point of the continental U.S., International <laughs> Falls, Minnesota. And it was negative 12 that day. Another wow. year, they sent a guy to Devil's Tower, which you may remember from Close Encounters of the Third Kind. That thing that's sitting like in the middle of Wyoming, middle of nowhere. So that's, I think that's another great one. Wow. So you're not just talking. They have to go to a junior high flute recital. <laughs> you're talking, you're talking all around the continental United. That's brilliant. No, yeah. Wow. Although that reminds me of another very common one. They will make the loser take the ACT and publish the results <laughs> to the rest of the league. Wow. That's fantastic. What do you think you would score today, Jeff, on the ACT? Uh, I believe the AC, uh, my ACTs were in double figures at best anyway. <laughs> so I might sneak in the negative numbers. There's a reason I majored in music uh, really? for two and a half to three years in college. I had about a three, five, uh, for two and a half years majoring in music. And then I transferred out of music cause I didn't want to play classical music and I went into communications and I finished with about a two seven. That's only a year and a half. I went down eight wow. tenths of a point a year and a half. Wow. That's, that's impressive. Serious... And you went to communications. You didn't go to yeah. physics. No, you yeah, went no. to mass comm. That's some serious Jenga logs getting pulled out of the bottom <laughs> of the stack there. I did not mess around to get down to a two seven. I, so I'm going to say sing, single digits. All right. Best. So now that I know that you're a music guy. Let me tell you about yeah. this new fantasy music league that I just found out about, because I think this is fascinating and I'm not affiliated with this. What do you people this. do? Do you have a job? <laughs> is your wife angry with you? Are your children alienated? Are the Koreans flying by us at the speed of light? How can an entire country be this dedicated to fantasy everything? We all stopped smoking. And now we got to fill that time with something. And apparently it's fantasy. Fill football. the addiction. And yeah. you're, making a broad, you're making a broad assumption here that fantasy players can A, get wives, and B, procreate. Find somebody yeah, to procreate true. with. That's, those are big assumptions that I don't That's think you can make. That's true. Yeah, no. Yeah, fantasy no, Music uh, League. I mean, let me tell you how it works. I think it's fascinating. Here's how it goes. You invite as many friends as you want into the league. And it's got mm -hmm. its own app. And that week, you've, you've got a theme for the week. Like it could be duets or instrumentals or songs under, under three minutes or whatever you want for that theme to be. Then everybody links to a Spotify song. It creates a Spotify playlist with every participant's one entry. 
And then everybody else listens to the songs. And then you've got a, a, a bunch of points that you ration out. And so Jeff listens to this song and he goes, oh, I like it. I'll give it eight points. You don't like this song. I'll give it two points. And then whoever's song gets the most points is the winner of that week for the league. What do you think? Like you know, that. I realize it's not um, it's not anything personal anymore against other humans. That my hatred of anything fantasy is strictly mathematical. You were 12 seconds in and I just started going. <laughs> you lost. You glazed what over. am I going to eat? tonight <laughs> what errands did i forget yesterday that my wife's gonna be pissed at i lost uh, it completely thank you so much paul charchian i'm gonna have for me but gary this sounds like something that at the very least the water cooler guys which is the uh podcast paul of the uh guys who, who work on the um the all the Corolla podcasts, yeah. the producers and whatnot, have their own very successful podcast. Uh that sounds like something you guys might dive into. The only problem is that the first week Mike Dawson loses, the podcast would end forever. Yeah, yeah. He would <laughs> He's a very serious musician. He, he's in a very good band called the Smike Mike Dawson and the Smoke and Kills, and he, he's a talented musician. He's a, a strong yeah, music advocate. If he were to ever be trounced by one of the 90s garbage songs that i'm sure that the younger guys would pick he would lose it <laughs> that might be worth it though you know what i would have a uh animal house prop acoustic guitar ready to go so he can <laughs> so he can slam it live guys we are out of time let me a uh, huge thanks to uh, uh to paul charchin uh, uh minnesota zone as they like to say up there uh huge vikings fan uh, great guy and founder of of it is it is dubbed guillotineleague.com, correct? Yep, guillotine league, guillotineleagues.com. It's a fresh, different way to play fantasy football, but that's really for a conversation it's a, in, in it's August. a brilliant way oh, yeah. to play. It's a brilliant way to play fantasy football. It is if I ever did it, it's the closest <laughs> way I would do it. And here's why. Because at some point somebody's chopped off. Bam, like every week, right? Gone, yes. done, it, out. I like yes. that. It's very clean. That's because you'd uh, get so, to check out early. You'd lose early. Then your season's <laughs> over. Unlike a, a regular fantasy league, your right. team's bad. you got to pretend you care all year long. And yet I could still say, oh, yeah, I play fantasy put, football. And I put like, you know, 12 minutes into it. <laughs> That's uh, right. So, uh, so go to guillotineleague.com. Uh, honest, do yourselves a favor if you're into that. Uh, any listeners go. It's fantastic. Paul, thanks so much for coming on. Thanks, guys. It was a lot of fun. And of course, uh, thank you to my gutted but gutty producer and Chargers fan, uh, Gary Smith. Gary. Thank you guys for uh, having me. I was uh, I, I didn't know that I could laugh that much. I thought that was all behind me. So uh, I appreciate the letter. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we took him through the ringer yet again. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Real Jeff Cesario. Follow Paul Charchian on Twitter at Paul Charchian. And follow uh, Gary Smith on Twitter at G Patrick Smith. Uh, my album, what was I thinking? Streaming everywhere. Uh, listen to it. Go find it. Uh, Apple podcasts, all that stuff. You can find this podcast there. Apple comedy albums. You can find that there. Uh, even request it on the Sirius XM uh, comedy channels. Go request the clips over there. Uh, the play with pain mugs available at jeffcesario.com. Thanks for listening. 
Uh, tell your friends we're having a blast here, as you could see. And uh, we're going to do it again next week. Chet, uh, what do you have cooking this weekend? Oh, my God. I'll be, oh, Paul, you're going to have to come to this one. I'll be in Grand Average, Minnesota, calling the Beaver Style Ice Carving Invitational. That's right. You use just your teeth. Catch it on the Dental Implants Network, sponsored by Nutsacks, a perfect serving of nuts in a pocket-sized sack. That's Nutsacks. This is Chet Waterhouse reminding you to play with pain.